thanks for tuning in. I'm Renee. And I'm Shelby. And you're listening to The Creepy Burrito. Shelby. All right, Renee. You ready to get lost in the sauce today? So ready to get lost in that sauce. So today, we are talking about the man, the myth, the legend, the moth? That's right. (laughs) We're talking about one of the most popular urban legends that has left people perplexed for decades. Today, we are talking about the Mothman. Is that your impersonation of Mothman? Yeah, like him flying in the sky and just... (laughs) That's his theme song. That's his theme song? Yeah. (laughs) That's it. That's just it. It's just the wind beneath his wings. (laughs) You lift me up (laughs) so I can climb on mountains. That's actually a song written and dedicated to the Mothman. To Mothman? Yeah. Um, Fact check me. Anyway, so who is Mothman? Is he a man? Is Is he he a a moth? moth? (laughs) Where did he come from? Is he a demon? What are his favorite hobbies? Stay tuned because we might just find out. Does he love knitting? I feel like he's a knitter. No, because then he'd just eat it. Oh. Because he's a moth. Oh, that's funny. (laughs) (laughs) He can't knit. I mean, he It's like his kryptonite. Well, what if he wants to knit his own food and then eat it? Oh, like... Going to the farmer's market and getting your own food, except for he just knits, knits his, his own, own food. food. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's a hippie. Yeah. yeah. There you go. So Mothman is arguably one of the most well-known cryptozoological creatures in the world. Now, if you're not sure what cryptozoology is, it's the study of unknown creatures or of animals that are rumored to exist. And unanimously in the academic world considered to be a pseudoscience, which I can understand. But if you think about it, before a species is discovered, it technically would be cryptozoology, right? Mm, You know? Yeah, Yeah. I feel it. I feel it. Until you put like a a genus and like classify the animal, then it becomes zoology. Yeah, you're pseudo-existing. You're not really existing. Yeah, right. So up until then, it's just cryptozoology. Right. So who's to say that Mothman isn't real? (laughs) So anyway, cryptozoology mainly focuses on entities from folklore, which cryptozoologists refer to as cryptids, such as Bigfoot, Chupacabra, or the Mothman. So Mothman made his grand debut back in 1966 in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, and changed the quaint little town forever. Now, the state of West Virginia has had its fair share of strange and unusual cryptids, such as the Flatwoods Monster and the Frogman, but by far the most popular is the Mothman. He was made popular mostly from John Keel's 1975 book, The Mothman Prophecies, and then kind of resurfaced again in pop culture back in 2002 when a movie adaptation with 
Richard Gear. Uh, I love him so much. <laughs> so, the town of Point Pleasant has an entire festival dedicated to the Mothman and even has a 20-foot-tall Mothman statue, which, might I say, has dumps like a truck. Oh, yes, that booty, though. Yo, dude, they didn't have to go and make Mothman's booty anatomically correct, but boy, did they. <laughs> Mothman's a thick boy. A thick boy. Big juicy boy. No, seriously, go look up. Have you seen a picture of it? No. I'm going to show you a picture of it. Go, Listeners, look up a picture of Mothman's booty because that ass don't quit. Like, just type in Mothman statue butt. So anyways, how did this cutie with a booty come to fame? <laughs> it all started on a chilly fall evening on November 12th, 1966. Five gravediggers were preparing a grave for burial in a cemetery near Clendon, West Virginia, when suddenly they saw movement in a nearby tree. The men stopped what they were doing and went to inspect the noise, when suddenly a figure leaped from the top, flew right over their heads and off into the distance. The men then reported the incident, describing what they saw as a brown winged humanoid creature and were very insistent that it was no bird. This encounter is accredited as being the first known sighting of what became known as the Mothman. <laughs> Although the authorities took no action after this reported sighting. However, three days later, on November 15th, 1966, at midnight, two young couples from Point Pleasant, West Virginia, Roger and Linda Scarberry and Steve and Mary Mallette were driving around in Roger's black 57 Chevy Bel Air, which is a sweet-ass car, by the way. So they were driving around at midnight through this area, just north of Point Pleasant, known as the West Virginia Ordinance Works, or known by the locals as the TNT area. Now this place is an abandoned munitions factory which during operation manufactured ammunition and dynamite during World War II. The area is mostly just overgrown forest now, but still contains the thick concrete domes called igloos that were used to store barrels of gunpowder. It was near one of these igloos where Linda Scarberry noticed in the two headlights glowing red eyes in the darkness and screamed. The rest of the group turned to see a large humanoid figure about seven feet tall, with large wings folded against its back. Startled, they raced back to the car and jumped in. Roger peeled off towards the way out, but to their horror, the creature was following them. Roger sped down Highway 62 to Point Pleasant, with the creature hot in pursuit. He slammed his foot on the accelerator, exceeding 100 miles per hour, but the creature was still there, right behind them, every time Roger glanced in his rearview mirror. Finally, when the four made it to town, and with no sight of the creature behind them, Roger parked the car. They sat in the car for a bit, trying to calm themselves down and come up with some explanation for what they just saw. Eventually, the group came to the decision that they were just overreacting and merely saw a mysterious bird. In an attempt to face their fears, they again drove towards the TNT area. But as they drove north on Route 62, they saw the silhouette of a man standing on the roadside. 
As the car approached closer, there in the headlights shined the huge red eyes. The same they saw before. Roger slammed on the brakes, and as the group came to a halt, the creature suddenly shot up vertical into the air with tremendous force and disappeared into the night. Now, knowing what they saw was no bird, the group headed for the Mason County Courthouse and told their story to Sheriff George Johnson and Deputy Miller Halstead. This time, the authorities took the encounter a little more seriously. About two hours later, city police began investigating the area only to return empty-handed. Despite not finding the creature, they decided to hold a press conference to warn the public. The local press took the story and ran, with the Point Pleasant Register running a headline saying, Couple sees man-sized bird. Creature. Something. <laughs> something. <laughs> Very descriptive. Mm -hmm. Yes, it was something. Like, could you imagine, like, getting rid of bird and creature? And just, <laughs> couple sees man-sized something. something. Although many in the town saw the story as a prank, Roger and Linda Scarberry and Steve and Mary Millette stood by what they saw, even through all the ridicule that they received. Roger Scarberry even stated that, I'm a hard guy to scare, but last night I was for getting out of there. It seemed as if the incident was no joke to the four who experienced it. In fact, the very next day, on November 16th, 1966, Linda Scarberry was rushed to the hospital, having suffered a nervous breakdown. After the local press began printing the story, many others decided to come forward with their own sightings, even some going out of their way to see if they could find the creature themselves. Throughout the next 13 months in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, the regular sightings continued. In fact, it's estimated that there were over a hundred sightings during this time. A resident named Marcella Burnett was with her young daughter while they were leaving her brother's house when she saw the creature leaning against her car. She screamed and ran back into her brother's house. They locked the door, turned out the lights, and watched as the creature lurked around the windows outside with its glowing red eyes until it vanished. Another resident, Tom Murray, was driving around the TNT area when he saw the Mothman flying in the air. He said that at first he thought it was a helicopter, but then realized it was a giant bird-like creature. He said it circled his car a few times and then flew away. And what was strange about this encounter was that he was one of the very few people to see the creature during the day. Sightings of the Mothman rapidly increased throughout Point Pleasant. Even the national media came to the town, along with curiosity seekers from neighboring cities, wanting to get a glimpse of the creature. At this point, the creature was dubbed Mothman. Not necessarily because he looked like a moth, but because the television series Batman was quite popular at the time. <laughs> and the descriptions of the creature sounded a lot like how Batman was described. Batman was already being used. What's the next best? Mothman. Now, if you look at all of the sightings back in the 1960s, the creature is described with an appearance that looks more of a large humanoid owl rather than a moth. Over the years, though, with a name like Mothman, it warped people's depictions and with different artists releasing artwork of what their interpretation is of the creature, formed what we know today as the Mothman or a giant moth-like creature. 
Some residents claimed other strange incidents occurring along with sightings of the Mothman. Some people reported finding their animals dead and mutilated. Some of them were drained of blood and had their hearts removed. Oh. Yeah. Another common report after a Mothman sighting was a visit from the Men in Black. Now, if you haven't heard of the Men in Black or didn't listen to our Black Eyed Children episode, I will briefly explain. The Men in Black are men, sometimes women, dressed in black suits who claim to be quasi-government agents who, unlike Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith, harass, threaten, and assassinate UFO witnesses to keep them quiet about what they've seen. Sound intriguing? I hope so, because we have an entire episode coming soon. Hint, hint. Wink, wink. (laughs) So anyway, these witnesses, after seeing Mothman, would go to the authorities or the press, tell their story. They then claimed that shortly after doing so, these men in black showed up and threatened them if they continued to talk about what they saw. What started as curiosity of what the creature was quickly turned into fear. Most people would go out of their way to avoid conversations about the Mothman in hopes to evade these men in black. Others were a little more cavalier about it and would actually go out at night and hunt for the creature with flashlights. Either way, the Mothman was all that this town could talk about. Until... December 15th, 1967. It was a Friday and during rush hour. Some people were on their way home, others were on their way to do some Christmas shopping. What was supposed to be a joyous time of the year quickly turned tragic. The silver bridge, which carried US Route 35 over the span of the Ohio River, connecting West Virginia and Ohio, collapsed and fell into the river, resulting in the death of 46 people, two of which were never found. An investigation concluded that the cause of the collapse was the failure of one single eye bar in a suspension chain due to a small defect that it had, only 0.1 inches deep. Furthermore, it was found that the bridge was carrying much heavier loads than it had been originally designed for and had been poorly maintained over the years. The bridge was built in 1928. The most common car at that time was the Ford Model T which only weighed about 1,500 pounds. But as the years went on, cars got heavier, and at the time of the collapse, the average car weighed roughly 4,000 pounds. After this incident, people stopped talking about the Mothman, at least for a while. After time went on, gossip about the creature slowly began to renew. Some people came forward saying that the Mothman appeared on the Silver Bridge days, hours, even minutes before its collapse. This is where the theory was created that Mothman was trying to warn the people of what was to come, or that he was a harborer of doom. People say that whether or not the creature knows it, bad accidents always happen in its presence, hence the bridge collapse. Others say that it was merely a coincidence. But since this incident, there have been many reports around the world where Mothman has been sighted mostly in places where tragic accidents have happened. A moth-like creature scared some miners away shortly before a mine collapse in Freiburg, Germany in 1978. 
Others claim that a creature was spotted many times near the nuclear plant at Chernobyl before the nuclear meltdown in 1986. There were also multiple sightings before the Minnesota bridge collapse in 2007. There have also been many reports of apparently people seeing the Mothman in New York City during 9-11, which technically wasn't an accident. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not exactly too knowledgeable on the harbor of doom code of conduct, but I feel like that doesn't necessarily fall into play with the other sightings. But either way, everyone has their own theories of who or what the Mothman could be, and I'm here to bring you the most compelling ones that I've found. Some theorists believe that Mothman was a government experiment gone wrong. People speculate that during this time, our military was trying to get a one-up on the competition by doing some under-the-table experiments. Building the (laughs) X-Men. We had paratroopers, but what if we could also deploy soldiers who could actually fly? Is it possible that the government was experimenting with gene splicing in order to create this type of soldier? What if the experiment went wrong and the creature got loose? Now, my main question to this theory is, why would there be a government experiment loose in the 1960s, almost 20 years after the end of World War II? Well, what if after the end of the war, they slowed down research and eventually abandoned the project of gene splicing and left this unfinished creature locked away? Eventually, over time, the creature was able to escape and made its way to the nearest, darkest, secluded area to nest and feed. It makes sense that it would have gone so long without being sighted because the creature being nocturnal and people back then didn't really drive around that late at night, it easily slid under the radar. And I mean, also, it kind of makes sense because the sightings of Mothman stopped abruptly after the Silver Bridge collapse. And it wouldn't be the first time our government may or may not have created a diversion to keep something under wraps. Did they catch wind of the whereabouts of the Mothman? And in an attempt to stop talk about the creature and to distract locals while they captured him, caused the Silver Bridge collapse? Question mark? It's compelling. But another popular theory is that Mothman is... An alien. Now this directly ties in to the reports of witnesses being harassed by the men in black. Again, the sole purpose of the men in black is to keep UFO witnesses quiet. Why else would the men in black show up unless Mothman is an alien? Did somehow Mothman come to this planet unexpectedly or without permission? Were the men in black trying to chase down leads to find him and capture him to either take him back to where he belongs or to remove him from the planet? Maybe they were successful and caught him, and that's why the reports of seeing him stopped. Maybe he was captured, but escaped, or eventually returned back to Earth, hence the reappearances years later. Meh. Meh. As much as I love aliens, and love to think everything's aliens, something in me has a hard time believing that Mothman is an alien. Perhaps the men in black who arrived to harass these witnesses 
weren't the alien men in black, but rather your run-of-the-mill government conspiracy men in black trying to keep the community quiet of the government experiment. Gone wrong. <laughs> Moving on to our next theory. Mothman was a mutant. That's right. People theorized that Mothman was a bird, but somehow ended up mutated after coming into contact with a chemical residue that was improperly dumped from the munitions plant. This would explain all the bird-like qualities of the sightings and also the vast size of the creature. Personally, I see a little potential behind the story, but it's not my favorite, so moving on. <laughs> Some people thought that Mothman was the curse of Chief Cornstalk. Chief Cornstalk was a prominent Shawnee leader prior to the American Revolutionary War in 1775. In Cornstalk's younger years, he opposed European settlement, but was later compelled to agree to a treaty after the Battle of Point Pleasant in 1774. When the American Revolution began, Cornstalk worked to keep his people neutral. He represented the Shawnee at treaty councils, being one of the first Native American treaties ever negotiated by the United States. In the fall of 1777, Cornstalk made a visit to Fort Randolph, an American fort which is now known today as Point Pleasant, West Virginia. He was simply making a diplomatic visit to remain neutral. But to his surprise, he was detained by the fort commander, who had made the decision that he was just gonna take hostage of any Shawnees that crossed his path. On November 10th, 1977, some American militiamen from the fort were killed by a nearby unknown group of Native Americans, and the angry soldiers decided to seek revenge by brutally executing Cornstalk, his son, and two other Shawnees that were traveling with him. With the insistence of then-governor of Virginia, Patrick Henry, Cornstalk's killers were eventually brought to trial. Unfortunately, though, their fellow soldiers would not testify against them, and they were all acquitted. No justice. Some people believe that the Mothman may be an angel or a demon or product of a blood curse placed upon the town by Chief Cornstalk, finally getting to exact his revenge. And then another theory that ties into this is two different legends from Shawnee lore. Now, Shawnee lore mentions a creature that closely resembles the descriptions of the Mothman. Now, I'm gonna apologize in advance to our listeners, and most importantly, any Shawnee people, and just broadly, I guess, any Native Americans out there for my atrocious pronunciations, but... The first legend I'm going to talk about is the Musing? Musing? I couldn't find a good pronunciation of it online, but if you want to look it up, it's spelt M-I-S-I-G-N-W-A. And there's like 20 other different spellings of how to spell it, I guess. But anyway, so the legend of the Musing proposes the existence of a spirit protecting animals in the forest. This spirit watches over the hunters to see if they're being disrespectful to nature, and if they were, they would have terrible accidents. This would suggest that the spirit of the forest may have been responsible for the accident at Silverbridge if it thought the hunters in Point Pleasant were being disrespectful. And it just so happened also that in the 1950s, the Mason County Courthouse was demolished 
and it unearthed and disrupted Chief Cornstalk's remains. Now, from my research, I found that this spirit technically is depicted more or less matching what some would refer to as Bigfoot, and not necessarily what people have reported seeing of the Mothman. However, the second legend from the Shawnee might just be what the entire story is derived from. In this legend, there is a Shawnee warrior named Wapi, or White Hawk, and he lived in the forest alone. He was tall, strong, and one of the most well-known hunters of his tribe. He eventually became intrigued by the Star Chief's youngest daughter, who lived high up in the sky. She ended up bearing his child, but when the child was born, it was brought to live in the sky instead of in the forest with Wapi. Now, because of how terribly Wapi missed her and his son, the Star Chief invited Wapi to live in the sky but there was a catch. Wapi had to pass a test first. The Star Chief said that if he could bring a piece of every animal that lived in the forest with him, he could live in the sky. Wapi spent four days gathering bits and pieces of mammals, birds, and snakes that lived in the forest. On the night of the fourth day, he was lifted up to the Star Chief's home. The Star Chief told all the people in the sky to pick a part of an animal, bird or snake, from the basket, for that is what they'll become. Some chose a foot, some chose a wing, some chose a tail, some chose a paw. Some turned into animals and ran away, while others turned into birds and flew away. Wapi, the Star Chief's daughter, and their son all chose a white hawk's feather instead to descend back into the forest. The legend then explains that the families of the white hawks continue to live in the forest and yada yada. So perhaps all of the sightings of this creature were simply just apparitions of white hawks from the legend and there's no relation to the silver bridge collapse at all. And last but not least, the theory you've probably been thinking this entire time and is pretty much the most widely accepted theory that Mothman is just a bird. <laughs> yeah. More specifically, a barn owl. And this theory does have some credibility behind it. The Mothman's shape was originally reported as a very owl-like shape with the head and body like blended together, but there are many more similarities than that. Barn owls are completely nocturnal birds and are known to roost in old abandoned buildings like the TNT area. Now also, barn owls have this unsettling appearance that when they feel threatened, they do this thing that like pretty much the only way I can describe it is in like those old timey cartoons where like the guys are fighting and then they have like their fists <laughs> up and they're circling each other but they're like swaying back and forth and they're like come on tough guy put him up put him up you know what I'm talking about I know what you're talking like, about like they do the barn owls they do this thing where they like stare at you and then they like sway back and forth while they like kind of put their wings out in like yeah. an intimidation they're trying to get big. thing yeah they're, they're basically trying to make themselves look bigger than they are which in the dark if you don't know what you're looking at, is terrifying. Now, another thing that is reported about the Mothman is the hissing, screeching, or clicking noises that people hear, which are all sounds that barn owls make. Most people think that, like, like owls, like most owls, they go like, hoo, hoo, and, like, people think that that's just all yeah. owls generally. But literally, no, no, dude, like, barn owls sound like a goddamn pterodactyl. <laughs> like... I'm not going to play a clip, but, like, go to YouTube and listen for yourself. T 
type in barn owl scream, look for the video of the owl being held by a person with red gloves, and tell me that that is not the sound of what nightmares are made of. So moving on, another characteristic about the Mothman is that he flies completely silently, barely flapping his wings, which again is another trait of the barn owl and pretty much all owls since they're birds of prey. They have a pretty unique wing and feather structure that reduces the sound that they make when they flap their wings and it allows them to be like more stealthy for when they hunt. The size of their wings also allows them to glide pretty noiselessly throughout the night and hardly having to flap their wings. Mm -hmm. And when they do flap their wings, they have these uh, comb-like serrations on the edge of their wing feathers that break up the air that would typically make that swooshing sound. Um, Honestly, that's enough alone to startle anyone. You know, you're just chilling, and then all of a sudden this giant silent flying thing is all up in your grill. And last but not least, leads me to the Mothman's beautiful glowing red eyes. But maybe not glowing, but more like reflective. Pretty much all animals have that reflective eye shine, which is that like blue green color that you can see when the lights when you look out, hit yeah. their eyes. Yeah. So that's caused by the tapidum lucidum. Some animals have this more than others, most notably nocturnal carnivores. Now humans are lame and they don't have the tapidum lucidum because we are considered diurnal, which means we are active during the day and we sleep at night. However, humans in pictures will experience the phenomenon that we refer to as red eye. And this happens when the camera flash is reflected from the retinas of our eyes. When the flash is reflected, it basically illuminates the connective tissue in the back of our eyes and produces that red color that you see in pictures. So imagine that tag teamed with the tapidum lucidum and you pretty much have the glowing red eyes of Mothman, AKA the owl. Mic Boom. drop. Mic drop. Now again, I'm not trying to say that Mothman isn't real or trying to discredit what anyone saw, but when the Mothman was first reported, this was back in the 60s. So there was no internet that you could run home to or pull up on your phone and type into Google, what the hell flies silently at night with glowing red eyes? What makes those sound? <laughs> so I'm pretty sure that people just quite honestly did not know what they were seeing. Uh, there's also a wildlife biologist named Dr. Robert L. Smith at West Virginia University who believes that the descriptions and the sightings all fit a sandhill crane rather than a barn owl. Now the sandhill crane is a tall North American crane reaching heights of about like five feet tall and they have about a seven foot wide wingspan and they have circles of like reddish coloring around their eyes. Now sandhill cranes are native to the US but mostly in Nebraska's sandhills, hence the name. Dr. Smith suggests though that maybe the bird just wandered out of its migration route and that's why the birds were unrecognized at first because it just wasn't native to the region. I think the theory does contain some substance, but along with these cranes not being native to the area, they're not nocturnal either. And, and there's never been a reported sighting of someone seeing those cranes in West Virginia during the day, which is when it would have been most likely to see that bird, if in fact it was lost on its migration route. But I do have to hand it to Dr. Smith. It would be terrifying to see one of these flying at night, which reminds me of that story that um, 
that one time we had a crane that must have had a nest nearby our house. Um, and we used to see him flying like in the day all the time. And I remember talking about like how huge he was. Mm-hmm. Well, my dad told me the story that about how one night he was outside on the front porch and he was, uh, he was smoking a cigarette when he used to smoke. It was about like two or three in the morning and he had just uh, got done finished watching a scary movie. And I, can't re- <laughs> I can't remember what scary movie he said he was watching, but I think uh, it had something to do about vampires. But anyway, so he's outside smoking and he hears like a noise coming from like the shrubbery by the creek that our house was by. And so he's like, what the fuck and then goes over to the side of the porch to like look and then all of a sudden this giant black figure just soars out of the bushes flapping its wings making this loud like swoosh swoosh sound coming straight for the porch dad said like it obviously scared him and then he was like what the fuck and like jumped back as the figure like just barely dodged the porch and like went upside it and he says that he saw this like figure just gliding up in the air going past the porch and like dad obviously at first was like yo did i just see dracula but then like thought about it and was like oh it was definitely just the crane that we'd been seeing for days or was it or was it it's the mothman definitely it was mothman no it, it, it definitely was the crane but it did startle dad at first so because like cranes aren't nocturnal Mm -hmm. so that's not the first thing that's gonna pop into your head and it's like oh my god the crane you're gonna think like oh my god it's a vampire (laughs) it's a vampire come and drink my blood where is van helsing please help (laughs) like buffy where are you i'm buffy but anyway maybe something scared it and made it fly at night and maybe something like startled it like a raccoon or a cat Mm -hmm. and that's why it it was flying at night that early or late and, and maybe that's what Mothman has been all along. Maybe just startled by some young adults on a late night rendezvous or, I don't know, maybe the hundreds of people out in the woods making noise looking for a cryptid. Either way, people want to find out. Thousands of people come to Point Pleasant every year in search of the Mothman. Once the Mothman Prophecies movie came out in 2002, it set off a whole swarm of people flooding into the town for search of Mothman. The Mothman Prophecies, I mean, it's pretty much a movie where you either love it or you hate it, and there's no in-between. The book itself pretty much leans hard against the Mothman being of extraterrestrial origin and focuses on some of the weird and paranormal experiences that people had in the town. But the movie does a quite good or bad job of embellishing the facts about Mothman even further. Eventually, the people of Point Pleasant started to give in to this whole mothman legend the economy of the town was booming people were staying at hotels eating in diners shopping eventually the town realized that this whole mothman thing was bringing in a lot of tourism and they said what the heck erected that mothman statue there's a mothman museum they even have a mothman festival every september and the festival has tons of vendors and guest speakers live music food events for all ages People from all over come to experience that and just be part of the festival. You go into diners and and shops in Point Pleasant and Mothman memorabilia is literally everywhere. And it's actually pretty cool. I mean, even though I believe a majority of the population of Point Pleasant doesn't necessarily believe that the Mothman is real, it brings the community together, which is nice. Mothman really put Point Pleasant on the map. And maybe that's what he wanted all along. 
just to bring families together. Maybe Mothman (laughs) is just a super chill guy with a great ass just trying to bring communities together. (laughs) And, as they say, half moth, half man, all friend. (laughs) I hate you. Mothman for president, 2020. So, what you're really trying to say is, he is an ancient alien that is cursed by the Indians in owl form that was mutated by the U.S. government. And running for mayor of Point Pleasant. <laughs> and running for mayor, so he's demoting. I mean, you gotta start somewhere. You, you gotta can't start just, somewhere. You, you can't, can't just... just jump to president. No. But anyway, what's your favorite theory? Mm, what do you think? I do like the, the government one. Yeah. Some sort of government experiment right. mutant that was built. Yeah, and then just got loose, and then... On the run. On the run. Just, on the run. Yeah, hanging out. Fucking shit up. You know, just touring the touring the states. Yeah, sometimes shit happens. Like, you're big-ass Mothman. Right. You just run into a fucking bridge and then tear it down. It's fine. I, I think, first and foremost, I very much believe in the barn owl theory. That it's just you believe owl. everything is owls, though. <laughs> I mean, everything. Did you Spirit ever just think... Spirit animal is just owls? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's an owl. Or I very much love the government conspiracy experiment gone wrong. Yeah. I love that theory because, I mean... 10 out of 10, I love it because uh, I love (laughs) X-Men. Well, and then also, too, like, it's legitimate that there are, like, you can find declassified files that the government did experiment with gene splicing. I mean, not as much as, like, the Nazis did, but they they still experimented. So, like, what's to say that they weren't abandoned or even the fact that even though the war had already happened that doesn't mean that they stopped doing research or experiments right. for a future right upcoming wars wars to come you to know try to take over the world that was beautiful um i wish that i could believe a little bit harder that he was an alien but i just don't think he's an alien no, no I, I was never behind those ones. I don't, um, I don't think he's an alien, because to me, I think, I, I don't know, aliens, and we went into it a little bit in the Black Eyed Children, but, like, aliens, there's, like, subdivisions where, like, some are really smart, some are really They're trying dumb. to get information, they have, like, specific things that they're trying to accomplish. I don't think that tearing down a bridge is really going to accomplish anything. Unless. Unless. That... The Mothman is the alien's pet that just got loose, and they're just trying to chase him down and find him. So aliens have pets now? I mean, we need companions, so do aliens. Why not? It's like uh, in Mars Attacks where they put the girl's head on the dog. (laughs) But also, like, I do also love curses, but... Mm, I love curses, too. But it doesn't make sense because why would there be sightings other places? Like, how would that curse expand to other... Chernobyl. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, Germany. that's a pretty large distance to go. Oh, yeah. He's just flying around. Unless you had, like, more um, generic curse that applied to many. I'm right. not I'm well, not sure. And I didn't, look in it, I didn't look into it too far. And when I say that, I mean, I literally just saw the name and I was like, oh, okay. And then that was it. But there's also, like, a theory of uh, another cryptid called the Owlman. Mm-hmm. Who is literally the Mothman, but just it's the same. Seen well, in other there, there's countries. other um, like mythical creatures yeah. that are pretty comparable. So right, like so... the uh, uh, spring-heeled Jack, mm-hmm. um, or uh, 
the uh, devil. With uh, Jersey what? Devil. Jersey Devil. Jersey Devil. <laughs> well, the spring heel jack is like comparable, like with the wingspan and like being like a larger demon esque a creature, depending mm-hmm. on like uh, the varying descriptions of it. Same thing with like the Jersey Devil. Like right. they both have the like the the wing part of it and being able to fly and uh, related to unfortunate events mm-hmm. like linking it to unfortunate events yeah. uh being the cause of it and causing terror and different stuff like that right so maybe it's just a case of mix-up confusion <laughs> mix-up confusion poopy pants <laughs> maybe it's just a case of misidentification that's the smart thing i was gonna say <laughs> there you go instead of mix-up confusion poopy doopy mix-up <laughs> fart mouth but <laughs> But you know what can't be misidentified? What, Shelby? Our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at the Creepy Burrito. And if you have your own experience with the Mothman, you can tell us about it at the Creepy Burrito at gmail.com. And we might even shout you out in our next episode. Hell yeah. And don't forget to write us a sweet ass review at iTunes or on Facebook. Be our Mothman. And put us on the map. Ooh. Get those listeners to us. Bring us the people. We want them. <laughs> Be our Richard Gear. <laughs> Be our Richard Gear. I love Richard Gear so much. Hashtag get Richard Gear to listen to us and tell him I love him. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note. On that note. Bye bye. Richard Gear, I love you. <laughs> Stand by. As they say, half mon, half mon, half mon, half <laughs> moth. <laughs> it's the moth mon. <laughs>